Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening to wherever you're listening from. My name is Daniel Shapiro, and I'm extremely excited to introduce to you the very, very, very first episode of Kaz and Shap's Flaming Hot Takes. Shap, thank you so much for that spectacular introduction. My name is Matt Kazakov, a.k.a. Kaz or Kazzy, and I'm currently a freshman at Lawrence University in Appleton, Wisconsin. I'm on the men's basketball team there, playing a sport I love and have played for nearly my entire life. I went to the same high school as Mr. Daniel Shapiro, where I was blessed to have him as my manager for the last three years. Just like Shap, I'm also a lifelong Chicago sports fan, dating back to 2002, the same year I was born. We are extremely excited to start this podcast and give our very own hot takes to all the viewers who are lucky enough to listen to Kaz and Shap's Flaming Hot Takes. Now let me, let me throw to Shap to give a, uh, a brief introduction about him. My name is Daniel Shapiro, a.k.a. Shap, and I'm a senior at Stevenson High School. I will be attending Marquette University next year, and I am planning to become a student manager for the Marquette men's basketball program there. I was a four-year student manager for the Varsity Boys basketball program at my school, Stevenson, and served in the same role for the Varsity Boys football team, where I traveled with the team to each game, attended every practice, and controlled their video and film during games and practices. I, too, like Kaz, have been a lifelong Chicago sports fan. Now, before we dive headfirst into our points of discussion, we just want to quickly give you all a trajectory of this show and our goals for this show. Our first goal of this podcast is to give a platform to voice our sports insights and thoughts that we really, really, really like. Secondly, in doing so, we want to bring our listeners something to look forward to every week. And lastly, we want to make this podcast as engaging as possible which is why down the road we'll have very, 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 very special guests joining the show who will also share their flaming hot takes and opinions about sports with us. Okay, so to go into, uh, I guess, our first topic. Uh, so on, on Tuesday, this past Tuesday, ESPN released a tw- uh, NBA Top 25 Under 25 list. And mm-hmm. this this list did draw, uh, draw a lot of criticism from um, Stephen A. Right? Yeah, Stephen A. Uh, Max Kellerman uh, had some interesting thoughts to it. Um, they are they both host the first uh, first take on ESPN each morning. Mm-hmm. Now, what what was, what was some of the the discussion about? What 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 kind of takes um, did they say that made you made you kind of second guess their their thoughts? Yeah, so, I mean, this is obviously a list released by ESPN, and so, you know, by uh, ESPN NBA um, insiders. Um, uh, number three on the list is LaMelo Ball, um, you know, a rookie f- from the Charlotte Hornets, um, originally committed to UCLA, then left to play across um, across season New Zealand in a professional league before um, declaring for the NBA draft. Um, having him third on the list was a little surprising, especially behind um, guys like Donovan Mitchell, Jason Tatum, uh, and Devin Booker. Uh, Donovan Mitchell, Jason Tatum, Devin Booker have both been all-stars for multiple years. Devin Booker is playing for uh, an incredible Phoenix Suns team this year that I believe they are second in the West behind the Jazz, uh, trailing the Jazz by, uh, I believe, a game or two. Um, Donovan Mitchell has proven that he's a big-time player. Um, in, in the playoffs, he has come up big. Um, and he's had, you know, he's had multiple years of experience under his belt. Whereas, you know, LaMelo will be a great NBA player, 
but uh, this is only his first year, and currently he's also injured, so you're, you've only basically gotten about half a season out of him to kind of judge his potential. So you, you disagree with putting him at third? Yes. Now, I would, I'd have to disagree with you because this list is specifically based on future potential. Now, when I, when I think about future potential, the first thing that comes to mind is age. Lamelo is 19 years old, and he's already putting up rookie of the year numbers to, for a team that's in playoff contention. And honestly, I have no, no problem with that. A problem that I do have, though, Shap, is not putting our very own Chicago product, Patrick Williams, in the, tw- in the top 25, under 25 list. That bothers me, Shap, as a Chicago sports fan. Okay, and the very first thing that jumps to my mind is this list. Like, I mean, you're telling me Patrick Williams is worse than a a 22-year-old Colin Sexton? He's 19, chap. Patrick Williams is 19. He is averaging nearly 10, 5, and 2 a game, shooting 48% from the field, and almost 40% from three. Now, I just can't wrap my head up. Maybe I'm biased, Shaq. I don't know. Do you do you think he should be in the top 25, under 25? Or am I am I just giving some horrible takes? I, I have no idea. No, I, I, I definitely agree with you. As a, as a lifelong Bulls fan, I, I mean, I too am possibly biased, but I do believe he uh, deserves a spot on this list. Um, a, a, mind, like, a name that jumps to kind of my mind right away when I look at this list um, I see, like, for example, uh, number 21 on the list is Tyrese Halliburton. You know, really good rookie guard from Sacramento. I think he's top three in rookie of the year standings right now, too, right? Right, right. He's, a, he's, a, he's top three. So, you know, along with, I believe, um, Lamelo's in the conversation, obviously. You know, have Anthony Edwards, Tyrese Halliburton, and then I would say Patrick Williams. But also, some guys are already, um, not like up there in age, but, you know, I mean, some guys are 24, 25, and they're, you know, they're kind of a, an average NBA player, you know, with maybe an all-star potential, but Patrick Williams, like you said, 19 years old, um, you know, forget about the numbers that, you know, you said he has about, averages about 10 points a game, five rebounds, two assists, you know, the way he's shooting the ball from the field at around 48% is extremely impressive. As but, a rookie, that's what I'm saying, like, right. that's why, that's why I am quite ticked off about this list I mean I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be complaining about this list for a month or so but I mean to to not have him on the list is is blasphemy okay and like honestly I could I could I could agree with Stephen A on you know some of some of these like ridiculous standings like you know just like you said Donovan Mitchell and Jason Tatum at the four and five but like Devin Booker at the eight yeah like he I know he's 24 but like I feel like he's just scratching the surface. He hasn't even been in the playoffs to show himself. You know what I mean? Right. And then and ESPN will come out with another list around this time of year next year. And, you know, that will that will happen. Obviously, Devin Booker will have played in the playoffs for the first time in his career, I believe so. And uh, we'll kind of definitely have a, have a big bigger spotlight to show himself. Um, and I think he'll do quite well in that, playing alongside um, the likes of Chris Paul and um, DeAndre Ayton. Yeah, I know for sure. I mean... Again, like, this list draw, drew a lot of controversy, and I think for, for the most part, the reason why that controversy was there was because it, I feel like it was very, like, it didn't really specify what this list was. It really, it, it just gave us a top 25, under 25, but they didn't really stress about the 
um, based on future potential part. Because then in that future potential part, I feel like there's so much up to interpretation at that point. You gotta you gotta look at the ages and whatnot. But I feel like they could have done a lot better. And I do agree with Stephen A. The, the people who made this list have to be drug tested. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, and you look at a name like, for example, number sixteen on the list, Trey Young. You know, he's shown so much potential. We'll dive into the Bulls Hawks game that was played this past Friday. Um, he's a, he's a special player in my opinion. Um, to have I think him, he deserves to be higher. Yeah, too. right. You look at a guy like Shea Gilgis Alexander, deserves to be in the list as well, but maybe not number ten. You know, he's playing for a struggling Oklahoma City Thunder team. Trash Oklahoma City Thunder team. Right. Let's not let's not give them credit where credit is not due. Right, and they're in the re- they're in the rebuilding phases and stages, and um, with plenty of first round picks to come. But yeah, Trey Young deserves to be higher in the list. And, and lastly, Shad, before we dive into our Chicago and Atlanta Hawks game that was played this Friday, like you said. I just want to bring up one last point about this list. Um, DeMontis Sabonis is very interesting at 18. He's either He is either 24 or 25. Yes, he's an all-star, but I feel like he can't, he can't get any much better than what he is, right? I mean, there's no way he's going to be as good as his dad. I don't, I, I'd say maybe he's like a top, top five power forward in the game, but like, I feel like 18 is just way too high because I feel like we've seen the max out of DeMontis Sabonis and all these other guys, quite frankly, I feel like you're going to have much better careers. That's the last point I wanted to bring up. Any any quick thoughts on that? Yeah, I totally agree with you um, and your point. I mean, DeMontis is, DeMontis is a guy that, you know, is uh, up-and-coming power forward, you know, obviously plays for the Indianapolis Pace, uh, Indiana Pacers. Bulls beat them. We don't talk. Right. We'll not talk about that. But some of the games him. that I've watched where the Bulls uh, played the Pacers, uh, Sabon- like the early on in the season before the uh, trade deadline when Wendell Carter was still on the Bulls, Wendell Carter, you know, I mean, had some promise with Sabonis, but you know, Sabonis is a guy where um, he has some off nights, and so I just kind of maybe question his consistency on, you know, unlike guys like Trey Young who's averaging. Uh, well over uh, 20 points a game and, and uh, shooting the ball really well from outside. Yeah. I mean, I got to I gotta admit, I did say right after the All-Star game that DeMontis Sabonis is my favorite player in the NBA. I will agree. You did that. He is no longer my favorite NBA player. Just to give you guys a quick, like, disclaimer, so you guys can't tell me that I'm, I got blasphemy taste. So just know that, yes, I tweeted that. But quite a bit of time passed, so now he is no longer my favorite NBA player. All right, let's move on to the Bulls versus Hawks game. So the Bulls play the Hawks uh, this past Friday in Atlanta. They were coming back. They're coming off a uh, back-to-back. Um, they were on a three-game winning streak. Right. Yep. Um, it. You know, I was genuinely really excited to watch this game. You know, the, uh, coming off a three-game winning streak and. Just seeing if they can kind of extend that winning streak and uh, play a Hawks team that was kind of de- depleted. On a quick side note, though, the, the Atlanta Hawks were two-point favorites in the game. When I saw that, I was a little, I was kind of a little questioning. But then I kind of realized, you know, they're coming off a back-to-back. Maybe, like, they're a little tired. I don't know. But just, just to point that out there, they were underdogs in the game shop. Right. The evening before they played a depleted Toronto Raptors squad, um, who's lots of suspensions in right. that game. Exactly. Um, no, Shai, we're looking at the box score right now. What what jumps out to you the most from the Bulls and the Hawks? 
Oh, I mean, obviously, we take a look at Zach Levine's numbers. Um, put up 50 points. That doesn't happen too often in the league. No, shit. It hasn't happened well for a long time in Bulls history. I believe Jimmy Baller was the last to do it back in, I don't know, 2015? Exactly. Against the Raps. Exactly. Uh, and, you know, Zach Levine, you know, took 31 shots, made 18 of them. He was sufficient from the field. 7 for 12 from 3. I mean, listen, Zach Levine had a spectacular game. Vooch, the two All-Stars had a spectacular game. But, like, again, I don't get how you lose when your two best players put up 75 out of the however many out of the 108. I, I don't know how that happens, chap. Yeah, and, you know, the Hawks were, you know, minus uh, the likes of uh, John Collins, who has given the Bulls some problems in the past. Um, and, you know, I mean, you look at... You know, their, their star's number, Trey Young, uh, you know, had 42 points. Fantastic game. Something that jumps out for me, um, you know, got to the street, uh, free throw line a lot, 14 times. You know, the Bulls have had some problems. You know, the Bulls have had some problems defensively definitely throughout the year where, you know, they're kind of following guys and, the, you know, the guys, the best players and other teams are getting to the line a lot. Um, took 25 shots, made 15 of them, very efficient. Um, but, you know, like, when you know when when you're watching the game, you know the first half was you know fine. I think the Bulls were up by 13, double digits. Yeah. yeah, thirteen in the first half. Uh, the third quarter was when the disaster happened. The Bulls, you know, the defense just went. You know, the defense was virtually non-existent for a few uh, a good four or five minute stretch there where Trey Young was scoring. And you know the Bulls have had times in the season where they've just faltered uh, offensively for a few minutes. Uh, you go back to um, early in the year against Oklahoma City. I remember watching the game. They were, you know, at uh, on the road at Oklahoma City. Had a, I believe it was about a 20 or 19 point lead in the beginning of the fourth quarter. Let that slip. So they've had leads. They've had, com- I wouldn't say maybe comfortable leads, but leads that they should they need to maintain maintain um, in order to kind of reach that next potential of a, a team that can compete in the playoffs and you know win a playoff series. Yeah, I will admit though. I mean. Ever since the trade trade deadline, I feel like the Bulls have made significant strides. Yes, they lost three in a row right after the trades, but now we see they're on a three-game winning streak. Yes, they lost to the Hawks. It's devastating as a Bulls fan, but I do feel like we are making the right strides in the right direction, Chap. I mean, we got less than 20 games left to really show the rest of the league what the Bulls are capable of, and I truly believe that we can make some serious noise in the playoffs. How do you feel about that, Chap? I agree. They've had, um, they have a few, you know, they played, uh, um, we're recording this on Sunday, so they play the Timberwolves tonight mm-hmm. um, in Minnesota. I think that's a game that they definitely need to have. And they've, they, they're playing some uh, easier opponents, I would say, down the stretch. They, I, I know they play Orlando, who's rebuilding now with, uh, the you know, trading away Aaron Gordon, Nikola Vucevic, Evan Fournier. So they're rebuilding. The, the Bulls play them a few times. Those got to be wins um, and things like that. Um, I, I think they got a lot of winnable games coming up. Um, they do that, they're going to be in the conversation for a playoff spot. And, and remember, this year, the top 10 teams make the playoffs. That is very interesting, Shep. I, I, um, thank you for reminding me. I kind of forgot about that. So, I mean, definitely I feel like the Bulls will make the playoffs regardless. And I'm, I'm saying playoffs, I mean, like, they will make a playing game. But I really do feel like, they could really make some serious noise and get into the 5-6 range. I completely agree with you. And as a Bulls fan, like, 
I am completely fine with being mediocre in the playoffs. I am just sick and tired of having this rebuilding stages. I am ready to go back to those twenty early 2010 years where the Bulls were completely competitive in the playoffs. I just, I just can't, I can't rebuild it much longer, Shap. I need, I need some excitement in June and in the summer for when the playoffs are there. I agree. I mean, it, I couldn't wrap my head around a lot of the moves that uh, former Bulls GM Gar Foreman and uh, John Paxson were making. I mean, Shap, do not say those <laughs> two names on the podcast ever again. I am so glad they are gone. Keep well, going. Sorry. You heard, you heard. That was uh, the whole. Uh, Fired guard packs campaign yeah. that was uh, that built so much momentum in the city. Anyways, so yeah, I, I couldn't wrap my head around a lot of the moves that they were making um, regarding the roster. Like, I, I thought bringing Thaddeus Young was great, but they also had you know the former Bulls head coach Jim Boylan. Yeah, that was that was a, that was a disaster. I mean, he wouldn't play guys like Thaddeus Young that needed to get minutes to help the young guys out. I think uh, the coaching change and the the whole front office change was was a was the right step, Shap. I mean, I, Billy Donovan, he's had success with. You know the Thunder. He really knows how to how to coach the guys up. And then the the GM um, can't. I'm our our Arturis Karnaschovas. Yeah, like I I truly have faith in him and making the right direction. I mean, in the right decisions in the in the front office. And honestly, he's proving proving that case. He drafted Patrick Williams. Yes, we had questions about him, but I truly think you know that was the right move. Now. I, I love the Vooch signing. Yes, we lost two first-rounders, but like I said again, I'd rather win now and have a top-five center than potentially having some bust in the first round. And then again, like, Tice, very, very underrated trading, Shap. Very underrated. I know you're a huge fan of as, Daniel Tice. As, as Stacey King says, Tice is nice. Tice is nice, yes. Right, the, so... Yeah, I thought it was that was a great pickup. I wasn't sure what the Celtics were doing trading him away. I mean, he's he's a guy that um, is really committed to the defensive end of the floor, um, and you know, just wants you know a guy that will kind of that take that charge at the end of the game or um, sink a big shot. You know, he has a has a, he has an outside shot, um, and just really kind of team centered. Um, so I thought that was an incredible pickup that the Bulls made. At the I, I really think. The Bulls have one of the best benches in the league, Shap. I agree. It's bringing me back to those Ronnie Brewer, Omer Ashik, CJ Watson teams. Like, the depth on this Bulls team is significantly underrated, Shap. I mean, we yes, we got Lowry Markinen, Kobe White, Daniel Tice, Garrett Temple coming off the bench. Like, I feel like there's something special brewing there, Shap. I do agree with you. I mean, I... I look at guys like, for example, Troy Brown Jr. that they also brought in from Washington at the trade deadline. Um, you know, against the Hawks, you know, took five shots, had five points, um, three rebounds. So, you know, maybe nothing like eye-popping on the stat sheet. But overall, Troy Brown, I think, is an upgrade on defense from Chandler Hutchinson. You know, Chandler Hutchinson was called the possibly future Scottie Pippen. I never bought into no, those. No, Patrick was... Williams. Patrick Williams is now the, the next Scottie Pippen, Shab. Let's not get, come on. Exactly. Don't tell me Chandler Hutchinson is the next Scottie Pippen, okay? Well, right. Those those, those uh, kind of comparisons were definitely false. And um, going back to Troy Brown Jr., I, just, I think he's a guy that will help the Bulls defensively. He has already. Um, for much of the game on last Thursday when the Bulls played the Raptors, um, 
Troy Brown Jr. guarded Pascal Siakam. I was um, kind of noticing on about you know, 15, 20 possessions and did a really good job. And then Pascal Siakam did not have um, his usual kind of dominant game for the Raptors. Mm-hmm. Um, I really think, Shap, also to go off your point of the, the young guys off the bench, I mean, I'm not really sure how long the Larry Markin and Kobe White off the bench is going to last. I don't know how how much they like that role, but I, I really think if they start to accept that, they that if they could accept that, I really think that the Bulls can can be a, a contender for the next five or ten years. I definitely see your point there. I mean, um, kind of maybe a more general question. What do you think of Billy Donovan's decision in um, kind of bringing Kobe White to the bench instead of starting him? Man, that's tough. I mean, I really do not think that Kobe White is a starting point guard or a starting shooting guard in the league. And, you know, we ran him at the point guard earlier, but I just, I don't, I think he shoots the ball too much, Shab. He's not really of a facilitator. I, I really love having Thomas Sadoransky as the starting point guard. This man is a glue guy, just like Thaddeus Young. I think he's the second most important player on this team behind Thaddeus Young. I think he makes the right decisions. He's much more careful with the ball, and he's a facilitator. And, Shap, I cannot stress enough the importance of having a facilitator running your team. You look at the past five championships, each team had a, a, a starting point guard that was pass first, okay? and Or not even pass first, just like playmaking. I do not think Kobe White right now is that is is the right fit. I think Thomas Sadoransky is the right decision to start and having Kobe White coming off the bench, feeling that um, off-ball type player. Yes, he could run point, but I think he is a really good backup to the the, the guards of Zach Levine and Sadoransky. Yeah, and you look at uh, uh, Tomas Sadoransky's kind of uh, pr- productivity over the past few games, um, you know, against the Hawks, he struggled, didn't make a shot. But you look at the, the Bulls beat the Nets, I believe it was two Sundays ago. Yeah. Actually, last Sunday. Last Sunday. And it was a huge game. Without Obviously, they were out without James Harden and Kevin Durant. But, I mean, still, with having three all-star caliber players and having, you know, such deep depth, that, that win was, was significant. Right. And Sadoransky had a double-double with points and assists there. He was really facilitating the ball. Um, excellent there in that game. Um, and I think he's uh, a really key piece uh, to the, the kind of the, this the end of the season um, yeah. and seeing how far the Bulls can get maybe into, you know, seeding-wise in the Eastern Conference and in the playoffs. But as well for the future, um, I would like to see um, them bring him back in free agency um, and just have him on the team. Uh, he's uh, he's a really, he's kind of that I would call a glue guy, right? You yeah. know, on the team. Him and Thaddeus Young are very important players. And, we, and I'm going to keep stressing this in our later podcast. I really think we're going to be able to see just how important Thaddeus Young and Tom Sadoransky are in the Bulls, this final stretch heading into the playoffs. Right. And Thaddeus Young just brings so much veteran experience to the Bulls, to so, to so many of the younger players like, you know, Zach Levine, you know. Um, you know, I call Zach Levine young because he, he really hasn't had much playoff experience or, you know, much... Uh, he hasn't played in many meaningful games in his career yet. Uh, same with Larry Markinen and young guys like Troy Brown Jr. and Kobe White and Patrick Williams. And he just kind of 
He's kind of that. Let's talk about coach Cristiano Felicio Shap, okay? Oh, well, don't get me started with that. Yeah, well, that that might be another topic of conversation. Right. We yeah. might dedicate one episode on how we feel about Cristiano Felicio. I think we could we could talk about him for an hour. Shep. Yeah, his four year, thirty two million dollar uh, deal is uh, that's chill. that's chill, not, uh, Shep, chill. All right, now before we we talked a little bit about the Bulls. You know, this podcast is mainly about Chicago sports, and we'll talk about you know the overall transactions and you know thoughts and takes about the NBA as a whole but we're also we're also here to talk about all Chicago sports right chap and that's why we want to we want to talk about for the for this last segment on the show about the Bears the Chicago Bears okay chap now we know you know the last two seasons eight and eight yeah I mean mediocre right right and I feel like this next draft and this offseason is really going to show the direction of the Chicago Bears, Shab. I, I really think if the wrong decisions are made, we might be in a, in a lot of trouble for the years to come. What, do you, what, what, do you, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, um, you know, after the season was over, I remember listening to the uh, press conference that uh, general manager Ryan Pace and uh, head coach Matt Nagy kind of had with the media Um I believe the Bears owner, uh, Bears, sorry, chairman, George McCaskey was on there as well. And it was kind of a press conference where they didn't, you know, a lot of questions were asked, you know, of course they didn't ask, answer them directly, like, what were they going to do with the quarterback position? And, you know, now that's been figured out with the acquisition of and the signing of Andy Dalton. Um, but, you know, R- Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy have one year left on their deals. Mm-hmm. Yep. This is, this coming season, 2021 NFL season, Will be kind of their kind of prove it year, like you know, yeah. Uh, or else they're they're going to be gone from the uh, from the front office and Matt Nagy has head coaching position because after that first year they have not had much success and you know to be a you know you look at a team like Kansas City and they're they're they have sustained success over multiple years. It's not like you know they make the playoffs one year and you know they're gone. You know the right. next few years mm-hmm. you got to be consistent. You got to make the playoffs every year and continue to build and we didn't see that with quarterback Mitchell Trubisky and that's why he's now you know the Bears didn't re-sign him obviously and you know he's now just a backup on the Bills uh, behind uh, Josh Allen yeah I mean I have very I have lots of very mixed emotions about just like the Bears in general like I'm always I'm always going to be so like ready to go in the start of the season but then when we when we start just like making silly decisions like game wise and just like losing silly games i I, i'm just like should i stop being a bears fan no but like it's just it's just tough to watch as a bears fan i mean yes that one year we 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 made it to the the wild card obviously the cody parkey missed field goal still still haunts me probably still haunts the whole bears fan base but i really think the lack of success these past two seasons is the quarterback position, Shab. I mean, yes, Mitchell Trubisky had his moments, you know, leading a team to being 12 and four. But I, how much, how much credit does he really deserve for that? I, I don't think he deserves that much credit. Like, I really think the Bears' defense saved his ass. Quite frankly, I mean, and that's 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 my biggest take, Shab. I mean. If the Bears, I just think the Bears' defense is the reason for 
all this success. And it's it's sad that we're seeing this elite defense just going to waste, it seems like. we're. I mean, they're in their primes and nothing's done, Shab. We haven't won a playoff game. Yeah, I mean, since Matt Nagy, like you mentioned, not a playoff win to show for. And, you know, he was brought in as kind of this offensive guru from yeah. Kansas City, right? We heard about his uh, relationship with Alex Smith and um, being when he was the quarterback at Kansas City. And then, obviously, uh, Patrick Mahomes was, kind of, was that was – the backup to Alex Smith his rookie year before he uh, started the last few games and, you know, now is, you know, an incredible player in the league. And just kind of Matt Nagy's ability to run an offense and Matt Nagy's ability to, um, you know, lead the Chiefs to uh, a playoff win, which in in this last season they blew a lead, uh, I believe it was in 2016, to the Titans and lost a playoff game there. And now and then the following season, you know, this, the following offseason the Bears hired Matt Nagy as a head coach, and also to go off your point, you know how much you know how much credit does Mitchell Trubisky deserve? Well, I mean, you know he, he played, he he was a you know he played, he played well, well, he well, played well in that in that 2017 season when they went 12 Absolutely. and four. Yeah, I'll give him that. He played he played really well. But then seeing him not progress, and it's like I don't think he took steps forward uh, to I become a better quarterback. Think, I also think you know the offense offensive scheme is to blame. I, I, I sometimes go back and forth of, you know, who who do we blame? Do we blame anyone at all? Do we blame Ryan Pace? You know, I mean, I'm... Maybe. I, I have Possibly. no idea. That's why I really think this upcoming year we'll have lots of solid conclusions as to what is wrong. And, I, I mean, what I think, Shab, I'm not, I'm not no NFL guru, but, I mean... It's quite obvious that the the old line needs needs some work, and then I I, I have no idea about Andy Dalton. I, I have no idea how to feel about him. I mean, yes, he's a solid quarterback, but I mean, without an offensive line to protect him, like what are we doing? And that's why I really I I, I question the the offseason moves so far. We've signed two offensive linemen, we re-signed Jermaine Fetty, and we signed. Um, Elijah Wilkinson. I mean, that's why I really think we need to strengthen that before we could. We should have gotten a quarterback. Yeah, um, to your kind of point about Andy Dalton, I mean, I also don't really know how to feel about him. I mean, he's experienced. Um, yeah, that's it. His, his best years were in Cincinnati under uh, then-offensive coordinator Bill Lazor, who is now the offensive coordinator for the Bears. So that might have something to do with the reason why, you know, the Bears brought him in because of Andy Dalton's possible comfort with the current offensive coordinator for the Bears, but um, you know he's he's already getting up there in age, and I'm not. Sh- I don't think it's a long term solution. I think it's kind of a short term solution. But again, as a Bears fan, that is not really something I am looking forward to. Exactly. I mean, you know, do you are you going to wake up on a Sunday game day and be like, you know? Like yes, we have Andy Dalton playing for us at quarterback. Absolutely not. I am looking forward to that spectacular defense that should rip all the all the offenses to shreds. But even even then, I mean, we we hear some controversy with you know Akeem Hicks potentially not coming back. I mean, we released Kyle, Kyle Fuller. Fuller. That was insane. An All Pro. An All Pro. Yeah. I mean, it, I just sometimes question it. Like I feel like the defense is still like at a very elite level. Yeah. But I feel like we are relying on them too much. 
Right. And, to you know, I mean, although although the, you know, cap space has gone down for the, um, you know, this, um, this coming season in the NFL because of COVID um, and, you know, teams have lost lots of money due to COVID without having much fans or some cities, no fans attend games. Mm-hmm. Um Ryan Pace has got to find a way back to bring back Kyle Fuller. I mean, he, you know, releasing him. I think him, it's a GG shop. I mean, it's <laughs> a GG. Yeah, I mean, it's. I understand he would have needed, you know, a contract where he's getting paid probably in the range between fifteen and twenty million dollars a year, if not more, possibly. He's an All Pro corner. But you know, and and then. What kind of hurt me more is, you know, 30, 30 minutes after he was released, the Denver Broncos and former Bears defensive coordinator, who's now the head coach in Denver, Vic Fangio, picked him up, you know, you know, you barely had time to put your phone down, and he's already signed with a new team. And so that was kind of, and, you know, obviously because he's a great all, you know, cornerback, but that just kind of made kind of that feeling worse, in yeah. my opinion. Mm-hmm. For sure. I mean, we're, we're looking at all these transactions that the, that the Bears made thus far, and, like, hopefully they make more, but... I mean, yeah, I mean, it's nice. I mean, we, we re-signed a bunch of solid guys. I think the Cairo Santos signing is, is huge. He was a very, very reliable kicker. Um, Mario Edwards we see. We see um, Christian Jones signing. Um, Dion Bush, Pat O'Donnell. It's just sad we couldn't, we couldn't get uh, Kyle Fuller back. But, I mean, hey, if, we, if, if they start competing well, this conversation is means nothing. So I mean, obviously, right now we're a little frustrated, but I think for the most part, we should just you know trust them like we always do, and then go from there. Yeah, and, and hope that our offense improves this coming year, this coming season, um, because definitely have to pick it up on that side of the ball. Um, the Bears have struggled for years to, sc- to score, you know, po- points on the board. You know, even in that wild card game, you know, mm-hmm. hate to go back to that, but. You know, I think the Bears only scored, I think it was 16 points, 15 points, yeah, something, something like, like that. that. And so, you know, you know, we haven't seen enough dominant games from the Bears offensively. Um, you know, and if they get better on offense, I think this team could, um, you know, think about the playoffs and... Um, Make some serious noise, I definitely. think. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, Chad, we, we pretty much covered what we really wanted to cover. We wanted to cover that article that was made by ESPN. Uh, we talked about the recent game that was played, the Atlanta Hawks, Chicago Bulls. And we talked about the Bears offseason moves, kind of what, what we want to see from them, kind of where they're going as well. So for the very, very, very first episode of Kaz and Sha- Shap's Hot Takes, I think I think we covered exactly what we wanted to cover, Shap. We did. Um, and we thank all the listeners for tuning in uh, and we can't wait to make future podcasts and bring you kind of the up-to-date news uh, in terms of Chicago sports but also you know league-wide around the NBA NFL, um, NFL MLB and, and yeah exactly. so I mean yeah we realized you know this very first episode was maybe a little choppy at certain parts me and Chad were very very nervous at the same time very excited for this podcast we'll admit it we're not we're not no Stephen A. Smith or Max Kellerman but uh, hey I mean Give us a year or two, and I don't know, you might catch us on ESPN with Kaz and Shap's hot takes, Shap. I mean, I think, I think you know, we got a good idea of what, of what we want this show to be, kind of, you know, what we want to talk about, bringing in those special guests that we talked about. We'll, we'll tighten it up for sure, 
as we as we go. But I, I think for the very first episode, you know, solid, Shabba. You did you did you did phenomenal. I'll be honest. It, it's very it's it's very nice having you by my side. Um, maybe next week you won't be by my side because I'm going off. You know, going back to school, but. I'm very excited for what this has in store for us, Shep. Definitely put it perfectly there. And thank you for uh, kind of putting this together. And um, Hey, you you put this together too, okay, Shep? Come on. You were the mastermind behind that okay, idea. Okay, okay, yeah. But, but, hey, keep an eye out uh, for the next podcast release. We'll be advertising here and there, maybe on the IG, maybe on the Twitter. We will maybe throw it in on Snapchat. I don't know, Shep. We got to be versatile, but... Hey, we 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 are very excited for this and we thank you for listening and we hope you have a good rest of your day, night, morning, whatever it may be and we're extremely excited for the next next episode. We'll catch you later. This has been Kaz. This has been Shep. And thank you for listening to Kaz and Shep's Flaming Hot Takes. We'll see you soon.